0: On episode 145 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, it's time for love and honor with the voice of the Red Hawks. Our special guest is Steve Baker, the broadcasting voice of Miami University Athletics. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and northern Kentucky, from eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between,
1: this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the LeeWMallon.com slash podcasts to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen.
0: Here on episode 145 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, we have the voice of Miami Redhawks football and men's basketball in Steve Baker. Steve, thanks for joining the podcast. How are you doing today?
2: Doing great, Lee. How are you, sir?
0: I'm okay. I'm living the best life I can with this cool yep.
2: coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are right now, just uh, you know, working from home, have been for more than a month, and uh, trying to get some things done, and uh, luckily, uh, the way things change with social media and computers, and that sort of stuff, we're able to do some things. I, I
0: saw on Miami Redhawks' Facebook page, you, you all do a wonderful job on keeping the Redhawks fans uh, informed and entertained as well. It's it's looked very nice.
2: Well, thank you very much. You know, we've uh, spent a lot of time, and you know between athletic communications our broadcasting staff and social media staff uh, we kind of all three work together and you know they come up with the ideas and then we turn around and execute them and uh, the coaches and players have all been you know very cooperative and able to get some things out there to our miami fans
0: excellent so let's begin steve where are you originally
2: from uh, actually, was born here in Oxford uh, a long, long, long time ago. Uh, grew up just across the state line in Indiana, and went to school in Brookville. And uh, so, I'm, I'm I'm a Southeast Indiana, Southwest Ohio kind of guy. Excellent.
0: How did you wind up at Miami University?
2: You know, it's, it's interesting and it's not. I, I started in radio actually at what was WOXY uh, back in 78 uh, quite by accident and uh, got into radio, was a DJ for a couple of years and moved to Bedford, Indiana for a while. That's where I started doing high school play by play. Uh, From there to Virginia, back to Ohio, then to Florida, and then came back to Oxford and started in 1984 back at W-O-X-Y under a new owner. And uh, it was an alternative rock station. And, you know, quite honestly, I had been working in Top 40, beautiful music, country. Uh, The two years before I came back up here, I was working at a country station. And, you know, really the last place I wanted to work was a punk rock station. But, you know, they, uh, they gave me the job and I was there for 20 years um about uh, about a year after I got there I got there in 83 so about a year after that I started uh, producing the games with Omar Williams and John Pont uh filled in for Omar on play by play so actually my first broadcast in play by play was a basketball game in 1984 and uh, eventually took over as the voice of the uh Miami football and men's basketball teams uh first men's basketball and then football and have been doing it uh, almost ever since. There was a four-year period there where the university started the network, and uh, WLXY wasn't a part of that, so I didn't do the games, but came back and actually was hired by the university as the director of broadcasting in 2001 and uh, have been there ever since. So beginning my 32nd year of broadcasting, hopefully uh, come this fall.
0: Excellent. Now, you mentioned Omar Williams. Is that the same gentleman that was at WDTN all those years ago?
2: Absolutely. The dean of Miami Valley Sportscasters. And I learned an awful lot from Omar Williams. I, he was, uh, you know, just always uh, right on top of things as, as far as his notes and his uh, the way he prepped. Uh, you know, I still use a scorebook much like he used because we were talking about it one night. And, you know, basically, if you looked at my scorebook, you probably wouldn't know what is what and that sort of thing. But uh, I do. And it's it's been something that I've been using for decades now and actually uh, got that from Omar. And, uh, you know, and he and John Pott were were just great professionals and funny guys and so much fun to work with.
0: See, I learned something new every day. I mean, earlier when I interviewed Larry Hanskin, he told me that Marty Brenneman was almost hired to do Dayton Flyers basketball, and now I learned that Omar Williams was the voice of Miami
2: Redhawks. Yeah, Hanskins, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and I tell you what, Marty Brennerman was a much better basketball announcer than he ever was baseball, in my opinion. Uh, I used to catch him every now and then on the network doing an ACC game of the week, and uh, he's, one, he's one of my favorite basketball guys.
0: So – your first year at Miami University, what was that like, becoming the then voice of the Redskins?
2: Well, actually, you know, it was it was kind of fun, because actually among the first games that I did, actually before uh, I became the voice, uh, when I first started, Ron Harper was there. Hmm. And uh, it was so much fun to go to the games and, and the crowds and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, I, because of spring training and when it started... Omar was unable to ever do an NCAA game because he would be in Florida with the Reds in spring training for WDTN. So I got to do both of uh, Ron's last two NCAA games, Uh, one there in Dayton against Maryland. It was Ron Harper against Lynn Bias. And uh, then the next year up in Minneapolis, Ron Harper's team against Jeff Hornacek's team. Uh, And and those were those were some of my favorite things when I first started. Um, You know, when I became the voice of Miami basketball, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, We, you know, even after Ron left, there were some great teams. And, you know, it's uh, it's changed a lot. Obviously, the style of play, there was no three point line then. Uh, you know, and there was no no fly zone under the basket. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's changed a lot. But, you know, it's still you got to put the ball in the hoop and play defense. And, you know, those basics still the same. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun to really go to the ball games then and, and be a part of those when Ron played.
0: And he's part of that uh, special that ESPN has going on yeah. talking about the Chicago Bulls. It's yeah, it's funny how that small world happens.
2: Yeah, indeed. And, you know, Ron's a great guy uh, to see him a, about once a year when it comes down to a, a ball game here. But uh, you talk about a guy that had so much success and you can attribute that uh, to, to Michael Jordan, who taught him. He said, look, I'm going to score the points. You play the defense here in Chicago and you'll get your points. But uh, five championship rings and, uh, you know, there's not too many guys that can say that. And uh, he's, he's just he just had a marvelous career.
0: From year one to the end of this season, what's really changed between broadcasting, Miami University itself, the Redskins, Redhawks, what's all changed in your tenure as the voice? Oh,
2: technology. Uh, I mean, and it's moving so fast now that, uh, you know, when I first started, we were broadcasting on a phone line with one box that was a mixer and a phone all kind of into one thing. And, you know, basically set up was five minutes and you go in and and you're gone. Then you went through the ISDN phase, which took another box and another person to operate. And now, with uh, broadcasting over the Internet as far as radio is concerned with uh, voice over broadcast or voice over IP. uh, It is it's almost back to that small box again with, you know, you plug into one ISDN line or give me one uh, cat five line uh, Internet line and you're good to go. But, uh, you know, the technology has changed so much. And obviously video. When I came back working for Miami as the director of broadcaster in 2001, we didn't do video. There was no video on the internet, and uh, I remember when Ben, uh, his last year in 2003, uh, I told uh, our budgeting director, "Look, I've got to go buy a video camera, and you'll know, put some of this stuff up on the website." And he's like, "You know, we don't have the money for that." And finally, we convinced him, and so from there, you have one small video camera, and now. We're doing broadcasts for ESPN Plus, ESPN3. Uh, We're doing all the video board stuff for Goggin, Millette, and uh, Jaeger. And so the technology and just the pure fact that video is taking over on everything almost has been the biggest changes, I think, in the broadcast industry, especially for uh, sports in general.
0: And for fans as well, because with ESPN Plus and ESPN Three, I mean, you just need a cable subscription or just a five dollars a month subscription, and you can watch it wherever you wherever you are. You don't have to be near Oxford. You can
2: yeah you can be everywhere
0: yeah. and watch it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's it is you know that's how much it has changed. Because when we were first starting, we were uh, WOXY was the official station and. You know, we had station, you know, here and there that would be part of a quote unquote network. But we are always getting letters. Hey, you guys got to get a station in Columbus so we can go to the Ohio State games and listen to the game. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, these days you can go to one game and watch any other of 30 games on your phone and, and keep track of it and that sort of thing. And And, and it's just amazing. I know. That, you know, when I'm sitting there, I do play by play for our ESPN three and plus broadcast. I also have my phone set up watching the women's game on the road. So I have an update on their score that's in real time or fairly close to real time. So, you know, there's there's about three different screens. Most of them are related to the game I'm calling. But I also, you know, if they're playing, I'll have another game up, whether it's hockey or women's basketball, just to, to kind of keep an update on things. Would
0: you ever picture when you first started Miami that you have so many screens and so many ways to be able to follow all types of Miami athletics like that?
2: You know, you know, when we first started uh, doing ESPN <clears throat> three and plus, uh, I remember I told some of my colleagues, I said, you know, because, you know, basically now for men's basketball, if the women are playing at home, I don't go do the men's basketball game on the road. Terry bridge does that. Uh, and sometimes along with John McKenna, uh, Because I'm back at home doing the women's game for ESPN Plus for three. And some of my colleagues were like, you're missing the men's basketball game. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's going to get down to the point now radio will never go away. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Audio will never go away, but there are more and more people watching what is going on in ESPN3 and ESPN Plus that, you know, I think the quality of those games is is vastly important, and I got a guy like Terry Bridge, who's a great play-by-play guy that usually does color for me that, you know, can go cover those things, so I don't think twice about that, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to be winding up doing more and more of these games, and you know, particularly with whatever lies ahead for us after this virus is over, I I can see them relying more on on school production, uh, you know, not only for you know men's basketball, women's basketball, but we do volleyball, and I can see some other sports in the future.
0: And there's some great programs at Miami as well. You mentioned women's basketball. They not this year, but the previous two years, Megan mm-hmm. Murphy, who was a CJ Eagle alum, now at Marquette. Right man, that was, those were two great teams she had.
2: Yeah. I mean, she did an absolutely wonderful job and, you know, obviously it shows that she's in Marquette kind of disappointed that she didn't get the Notre Dame job, but, uh, you know, she's going to do great things and already obviously this year did great things at Marquette, but you know, it basically with Deanna coming in, it, it was a rebuild. Uh, she knew it was going to be a rebuild going in. So I'm looking for things to really pick up there. And I think, uh, for the men, I think next year is going to be a really good year for this team. With uh, you know Nike uh, being a senior um, and other guys, and we got a great class coming in, so I, th- I think Jack Owens' his team next year is going to be very fun.
0: Let's stick with Redhawks uh, men's basketball. Uh, Jack Owens, the head coach at MU, uh, your takeaways from this previous season?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it was it was tough. We had a lot of we had a key injury with Dan Bowman, uh, who uh, was going to be the post guy. For us, Uh, his knees just, uh, you know, he injured earlier and never really quite recovered. So his his time was uh, limited in what he could do. uh, And that was always a problem. Uh, You know, so we were playing undersized almost all the time. Uh, You know, it was sometimes difficult to figure out the team because they would play one great game and then just be horrible the next. Uh, And, you know, sometimes those those things happen. But uh, there's a lot of talent on this team. We missed uh, Javen Etzler. Uh, this year, uh, you know, basically got hurt early. Going to wind up redshirting. We had guys with ankles early in the season that kind of cost us uh, some non-conference games. But uh, I think, I think, like I said, there's there's plenty of talent coming back on this team, and with the guys that are coming in, uh, James Beck had to redshirt this year, at transfer. He, I think, he's going to play big inside for us. And uh, you know, uh, Elijah McNamara had a great second half of the season for Big, and uh, I th- I think I'm looking forward to some. Really nice things for this team.
0: My main way of following Miami is listening on the radio on 980 AM because that's the simulcast up here. in Mm -hmm. And I can remember listening to a few games myself. Uh, I remember the Wilberforce game and the Redhawks just pounding the uh, Bulldogs. And I remember fantastic, fantastic start for the Redhawks against Ball State. I forget if it was at Oxford or Muncie. And then here comes Ball
2: State and they win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those, those type of games, and that's kind of the way the season went uh, in some of those games. You'd get off to either a great start or a horrible start and then have to battle your way back. And I think, yeah, the Buffalo game, we got off to such a horrible start in that game. And even if you you give up five less points in that opening five minutes, you come back and you win the game. But it takes so much energy to get over that. And, uh, you know, Ball State did a nice job. I mean, we jumped out early. And once they found their offense, it was lights out. And uh, we just didn't have a way to stop them. But, you know, that, that was way, that was the way kind of a lot of the season went. You'd have – one part of the game and miami was famous for shooting slumps this year uh, within the game they would go on 10 minute 12 minute droughts and you just can't do this that at this level of college basketball
0: i mean considering that's 10 minutes that's a fourth of the game right there not yeah. scoring anything Ooh. yeah i saw something online on twitter i forget what the username was but it looks like right state Miami series and men's basketball is going to be extended for another four years, which I think is great. That rivalry is tremendous. What's your take yeah. on that?
2: Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I honestly wish that, uh, we would find a way to do a mythical Miami Valley tournament with all the teams uh, in the area. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things because of dollars and egos and that sort of thing will never get done. But uh, I love the rivalry with Wright State. Uh, I love playing up there at the Nutter Center. I love the uh, when Wright State comes to Oxford. I just think it's a quality rivalry and you need those backyard rivalries, uh, you know, when you take a look at college basketball. And I'm, again, I'm just disappointed there's not more of them getting, Given the number of teams in this area and the type of talent that there is
0: outside miami you got five d1 squads just a little under an hour away i mean right mentioned Wright State, uh, dayton uh, cincinnati you know the victory bell that's the big season yeah. football xavier norfolk kentucky i think yeah having a miami valley or Sunday tournament like that that'd be that'd be awesome for the fans yeah
2: It'd be a blast, you know. it'd be, You know the crowds would be there, but uh, again, uh, with with money and egos and that sort of thing, it's it's one of those things that uh, unless a major corporate sponsor or something came up and said, "Hey, we want to do this," I'd, I just would never see it happening.
0: You know, I always thought Mike sells up here in Dayton would be the perfect sponsor for that. I mean,
2: yeah, it can't
0: be. I mean, money. Who who does? Yeah, like Mike Cells,
2: Centos. I mean, there's 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 a lot of sponsors out there that could do it, but again. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, if, if you're a Cincinnati or a Dayton or a Xavier, uh, you really don't want to go into a tournament like that and, and suffer a loss, mm-hmm. you know, So and you're already playing the Crosstown shootout in Cincinnati. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I'd love to see, but, you know, uh, boy, it'd be tough.
0: Let's swing over from men's basketball to football. Uh, Chuck Martin leading the Red Hawks on the gridiron. And I think a very good year for Miami's football team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was. It turned out that way, obviously. Uh, after the first four games, uh, people were really jumping off that bandwagon and that train, though, uh, you know, giving up 79 points to the Buckeyes and uh, then falling behind 14-3 to Buffalo. But that was kind of the turning point of the season. The guys really put together a solid three-quarters of football, got the win against Buffalo, and, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes from Chuck Martin this year was every game is going to be like brushing your hair with a cheese grater. It's, it's just going to be one of those games where you're really going to have to grind it out. And uh, that was the case all year long for this team. But they found ways. The defense made plays. Sam Sloman was absolutely uh, nearly perfect on the season. Uh, you know Kyle Kramer in special teams was great uh, Mo Thomas in special teams was great and of course going into the year you you just didn't know what you were going to have in a freshman quarterback in Brett Gabbard but I mean he really matured throughout the year and you had a core of running backs Jalen bester led the way and you know Jack Sorensen uh, at one of the wide outs and it, it, it just worked for the Redhawks in Mac play uh, you know you suffer a tough one at Western Michigan. Brett, uh, you know, throws a couple of picks. I was really, you know, wanting to see that next game and how a freshman responded. And he was just amazing from there at that point through the rest of the year. So uh, a lot of guys coming back. You lose some guys. Obviously, Sam Sloman's gone. Uh, You lose your entire special teams unit, as a matter of fact. But I I really am excited for uh, hopefully what lies ahead this fall.
0: I'd like to add on that Ohio State game, Miami jumped out to a 5 nothing lead.
2: So, First time the Buckeyes trailed all year. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, you talked about a couple Red Hawks. Uh, there was one that got drafted by the uh, L.A. Rams.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was Sam Sloman, our place kicker and uh, seventh-round draft pick. And, again, he's going to do very well in the uh, NFL. Uh, as it turned out, the uh, Rams let their – the kicker they had on the roster go to free agency, and uh, earlier this week signed a couple of uh, free agents, one out of the XFL and one out of the Canadian League, and then uh, drafted Sam. And of course, there's some Miami connections there with Sean McVay as the head coach of the LA Rams. There's some Miami coaches that are assistants there, and uh, you know, like I said, uh, Sam has he has worked so hard over the last four years to develop his leg, develop his accuracy. Uh, I mean, he was perfect from outside the fifty. Uh, kicked a 54-yarder that was probably good from 60 this year and uh, was always good in the clutch. I mean, we win the Ohio game because he boots one from 52. I mean, it's it, he was just that good for us this year and last year as well and uh, really deserves that NFL shot.
0: And also there was a former Red Hawk that signed a deal with the Jaguars of Jacksonville too.
2: Yeah, Doug Costin, uh, D. Lyman, really one of those, uh, I guess you call them alpha dogs. This is a guy that will go get it and uh, doesn't take no for an answer. He is going to go uh, work his tail off. He's going to do everything he can possibly do mentally, physically to uh, make that team. I mean, that's just the type of guy that he is. Great kid. Uh, you know, and, uh, again, one of those guys that, you know, showed in his pro day, obviously, uh, to the Jags that, you know, Hey, look, I've got what it takes. All you have to do is give me a shot.
0: There was another game I listened to. I caught most of the Red Hawks games that I could, but I think Miami was at Ball State and the Red mm-hmm. Hawks climbed to a very exciting lead. And then Ball State just kind of chipped away and chipped away. And it was a tough loss.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you have some of those games. Uh, Ball State, uh, I think it may have been the week before, gave up a huge lead to Eastern Michigan at home and lost. So they had seen it the week before. Uh, but, you know, that that was one of those games that, you know, you, you kind of struggle through. And, again, uh, you know, things get on a roll like that, and it, it's tough sometimes to stop, and I think that's what happened. Uh, it was not a very pretty day in Muncie, I will tell you that. Uh, but it, it's just one of those games that you, know, you look back on, and you know you didn't want to have that one be the one that kept you out of the championship. And as it was, it, you know, it made the Ohio game all that more more important.
0: Steve, the Redhawks are part of the Mid American Conference or the MAC,ion as everyone likes to say. Yep. Uh, what are some of your favorite and least favorite trips during football or men's basketball season?
2: Wow. Uh, Actually, you know what? Ball State's not a bad trip because it's an hour and a half tops to Muncie. Um, You know, Buffalo is probably my least favorite just because it's an eight-hour drive. And uh, if you're going up to play basketball in January, chances are it becomes a 10 or 12-hour drive (laughs) because (laughs) of the lake effect snow uh you know and, and you know it's nothing against the university or anything else it's just it's just a tough trip for us that's by far the longest central Michigan's about six hours, and northern Illinois is about five and a half hours but um you know, I love going to ohio uh I love the rivalry i, I everything about it um you know there's uh I'm really good friends with Russ eisenstein the play by play voice of ohio. I'm, friends with all the play-by-play guys but uh you know it's always fun to go down there and uh kind of egg on the uh the bobcats and you know and hopefully walk out of there with a win it had you know happens about 50 percent of the time overall but they had a run on us there for a while and uh it was good uh to get a win down there our most recent win and uh so anytime you can go into athens and get a win it's a lot of fun and uh you know uh it, it's a great rivalry you know, all around the conference but those are probably my favorite and least favorite places to go
0: is there any favorite stops on other trips that you really like?
2: Oh man, that's 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 a loaded question because there's <laughs> there's great stops everywhere. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, you you've caught me off guard because I couldn't rem- I can't remember the name of the uh, hamburger joint in in Lima, but uh, oh, you know, QP. Oh yeah, man. I you know you have to stop at QP. Uh, anytime I go toward Toledo or Bowling Green or Eastern Michigan, uh, you can bet that I'm going to be stopping at QP. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big burger fan, so any any good burger joint in every town is probably where you're going to find me the night before the game. Uh, but you know, it's, QP is one of those. Of course, uh, you got to get a hot dog in Toledo. You got to go to Tony Paco's, get a hot dog there, and you know, and uh, you know, just. Uh, if we're in buffalo you know i'm going to anchor wings uh it's just one of those things that you just love to do
0: now steve you mentioned earlier that when you get to call games on espn3 or espn plus you have several screens where you can quickly update fans about the other teams and what they're doing have you ever got to broadcast any other sports at miami like ice hockey, field hockey,
2: soccer? Uh, You know what? I've done at least one game of field hockey, a game of soccer. I actually did um, a hockey game on television one time. And, um, you know, we do volleyball on a regular basis. I'm the play-by-play person for volleyball, men's and women's basketball, done baseball, done softball. Uh, You know, most of the sports I've either had a hand in. You know, as director of broadcasting, we, you know, either – you know, either I'm doing them or I make sure somebody else that's qualified is doing it. Greg Waddell does a great job for us in mm-hmm. hockey, and uh, also uh, Tim Bray does a great job for us in women's basketball. But, yeah, there there have been times that uh, I've been forced into action, and, and probably the hockey was the most adventurous. I love watching hockey, but uh, hockey fans uh, – they can be brutal, man. If you don't know, if you don't know the lingo and uh, the uh, language and what's going on down there, uh, you know. Luckily, I had uh, Josh Fenton, who is now the commissioner of the NCHC, was a uh, former Miami guy, and uh, he was doing color. So all I had to say was a name, and he'd take off. So it worked out pretty well. But uh, yeah, I've done a lot of different sports since uh, my time at Miami.
0: Is there any favorite games that you got to do? I mean, football, men's basketball, wow. any sport. What's some of your uh, favorite games, you know, favorite players, it, favorite coaches you got to interact with?
2: Yeah, I mean, going back to Ron Harper, there were so many games. I mean, Ron's last game in Millette Hall, uh, we're down 22 with 12 minutes to go against Central Michigan. And uh, they had retired his jersey before the game. And, uh, you, know, you know, there was a point I think we were down 12 with like two minutes to go. And, you know, Jerry Pearson just, you know, Daryl Hedrick said, he just walked into the huddle and said, give me the ball. And, you know, they wind up winning, and there's a great photo uh, somewhere in the archives of Ron sitting up on one basket, Ron Hunter sitting up on the other basket, uh, you know, and uh, coming back and winning that game over a Charlie Coles coach Central Michigan team. Uh, It was a great game. Uh, Ron uh, in a MAC championship game against Ball State, uh they announced the player of the year prior to the game that night uh that afternoon and uh, ron was a player of the year well dan polambizio played for ball state and as they were introduced and shook hands at half court polambizio told harper we'll see who the player of the year is and ron dropped 45 on him so that that that's one of my favorite games in basketball um I'm trying to think football. There, there has been so many. I was actually doing color for the win at LSU in '86 when the Tigers were ranked uh, eighth in the country. Uh, big come from behind win at Northwestern, uh, 27 down after they had just beaten Notre Dame the year, be- the week before, uh, wound up handing uh, the um, Wildcats their only loss that season as they went to the Rose Bowl. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously Ben's games. Uh, so many games when Ben Roethlisberger was here that uh, you know stick in your mind. And you know the Hail Mary seventy-yard pass the beat Akron, uh, the bowl game a GMAC Bowl, his last game. And you know you can you can almost mark down every game in two thousand three as one of my favorites. And uh, you know you know every you know that's one of the things. And, and you know this about doing sports, man. You get to live vicariously through these guys and gals. That I mean just. Do an absolutely great job on the football field, on the basketball court, volleyball court, wherever they're playing, and uh, it's it's a blast. And being the representative for that team, you know, you know, for the most part, I have to stay neutral on ESPN Plus and three, but you know, for the most part, it's 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 a blast to just uh, be a part of that and see these teams and players grow as they go through college.
0: Absolutely, it's a lot of fun being part of the broadcasting field and just seeing these athletes compete. Earlier this year I called a hockey game and one of the highlights got to Sports top ten. It was one of those There you like, go. It was one of those Michigan goals and I'm just like that really happened or my mind have a stroke for a second. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm just happy I didn't say anything too embarrassing on that highlight. <laughs> so, heck yeah, I was happy about that. But, Very good. I mean, yeah is there anything better than broadcasting sports and getting to talk to the fans what's happening and
2: yeah i mean i you know as you know you get the best seat in the house every night um whether it's courtside at a basketball game or up in the press box for a football game uh, it is uh the best seat in the house and uh your job is to sit there and talk about the game i mean it is just uh a blast now the things outside the game that, you know, for me anyway, producing videos and doing the other stuff, that's, that's all part of the job. But, yeah, doing play-by-play and uh, sitting next, uh, right next to the floor or up in the press boxes, uh, uh, to me, uh, you know, I had a great job at WOXY. I was station manager there for 20 years. That was a dream job. Uh, certainly, this is a dream job for me as well, just being a part of Miami University and doing what I did.
0: Steve, what was your point when you decided you really wanted to be part of this field?
2: Uh, You know, when I went to Bedford, Indiana, just after I got into radio, probably a couple of years, uh, you know, I was working as a DJ and, you know, the play-by-play guy couldn't do it. And I said, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And obviously loved it from the beginning. Uh, You know, I played, I didn't play college basketball, played basketball in high school uh, and always loved basketball. I'm an Indiana guy, right? Grew up right, right across the state line and always loved basketball and, you know, used to keep stats and do that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I got a taste of it, obviously when I was came, got into radio and we'd go to Miami games and that sort of thing. And, you know, so, you know, as I continued, when I moved to Virginia, uh, I did uh, small high school football and the state championship run there. And, uh, when I came back, uh, up to Ohio, uh, in 83, had the opportunity to be a part of the Miami games and, um. You know, so that that's that's really where, you know, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm going to do eventually, and you know, it's it's um one of the lucky ones that it's worked out.
0: What can you see in the future of Miami athletics, the technology of broadcasting and just in general in terms of sports?
2: Well that's gonna that's gonna be an interesting question because you know Uh, With the current situation, and I know Governor DeWine opened up some things in uh, the uh, state today, but, you know, the big question still to be answered uh, is: Football going to happen? Is basketball going to happen? Is hockey going to happen? How's it going to happen uh, this year? We've already seen Louisville having to cut 15 million out of their budget, Akron having to cut 14 or four million out of their budget, uh, and I'm sure that'll you know all be at, at every school at some point in time. Uh, so you know those questions. You know, at least for the immediate future, have to be answered uh, to determine uh, what's going to happen in broadcasting. But certainly video is going to continue to grow uh, with Disney owning ESPN and ESPN Plus and 3 and all of the networks. You know they're going to put money into it because they're going to make money off of it. And uh, so you'll see more and more productions, more and uh, more things happening there. I know we talk to our ESPN people uh, several times a year and uh, always work for the latest and, you know, th- th- the best possible productions that we can do. And uh, I, th- I think video and certainly the online areas will continue to grow. Social media, uh, you know, as you've seen in this time, uh, has been a key factor And uh, just getting the word out on Miami athletics always has been. But uh, I think that'll continue to grow. I know we're pushing all the latest platforms, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it happens to be. And I think you'll see more and more of that uh, go online and, uh, you know, less and less um, emphasis, not emphasis, but, you know, you won't see as many audio broadcasts, I don't think, um, you know, in the future.
0: And that would be disappointing for me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God love radio. I mean,
2: well, like I said, I, I don't think radio is going to go anywhere. I think that's, you know, that's all those things. And you know, TuneIn is a great app uh, that I use all the time uh, driving back and forth from games because I can listen to games from around the country on my phone, plug it into the radio in the car, and uh, listen to games from around the country and not have to worry about radio. So I, I think you'll see more and more of those kinds of things. And obviously, we've been streaming audio for a long time. But I think you'll see more and more of those things where you can go to an app and then choose whatever game you want to listen to.
0: You mentioned some of the athletic departments shedding money uh, earlier last week. Urbana decided to close yeah. its doors for good. I will. I will uh, bring a point. It does have to do with the Mac. The last baseball game that Urbana will ever play, they did yeah. beat Division One Akron.
2: There you go. At Akron too, which Chris Sabo's team.
0: <laughs> I am so happy Akron got baseball back.
2: I really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's uh, great to see that back. Glad to see Chris up there. And, uh, you yeah, know, they're, they're on the long road, obviously, with scholarships and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, glad to see that they got uh, baseball back.
0: You kind of touched up on this, but with the coronavirus shutting most things down, how's that affected your job?
2: Uh, working from home, uh, basically. I, I've been to the office maybe four or five times in the last month and a half just to pick something up that I may have forgotten, a hard drive or something. And so I'm producing all the videos at home, all the interviews uh, here at home. We just did our night in for the Red and White um, just a little over a week ago. And, excuse me, uh, it was a two-hour show that was totally produced uh, on... Google Hangouts and TikTok and, uh, you know, Zoom and everything else. And so I had to do all those interviews, uh, most of them, and then start putting things together and basically produced a two-hour show right here in my basement. Uh, So it's, you know, it's changed in that fact, you know, we don't have access to the studio. We don't have access to our high-quality cameras and that sort of thing. So uh, you work with what you have. And everybody's doing that in a new normal, talking with our coaches. I mean, they're holding Zoom meetings with their athletes. And, you know, we have some of our athletes that are, uh, you know, overseas and, you know, still finding a way to connect with them and stay in touch with them and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's a new normal. Everything's based on the Internet. Everything's based online and trying to figure out the, the best way to get the information and, you know, the data out to our fans.
0: Steve, what are some of your favorite things about the sports scene, either in the Dayton area, Cincinnati, or in the Oxford area?
2: Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I'm a college basketball nut, and uh, I love that there's so many great teams in this area. Uh, Dayton and the year that they had, I, I honestly believe they had a shot at the national championship. Great to see that they had the national player of the year, national coach of the year. I think they deserved it. Uh, but, you know, just so many great teams in this area. Um, I love the UC rivalry in football, the battle for the victory, bell. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge pro sports fan. I uh, just never have been. I like the college uh, level. And I, I think that, uh, you know, the Bengals did the right thing in the draft, <laughs> first yes. and foremost. Uh, I'm happy that, uh, you know, they went that way. And uh, But, you know, it's, it, it's a great state you know, as far as professional sports with the Browns, the Bengals, the blue jackets and, you know, the reds and the Indians. So uh, I can't think of too many others, uh, too many other states I'd rather live in than, uh, than Ohio for with the college sports and with the professional sports.
0: And Oxford itself is a great town. It's a great college town and Miami university is a beautiful campus. If, if no one's been there, I mean, the
2: prettiest campus that ever there was, according to robert frost but uh it is i mean it is absolutely beautiful and uh we uh yeah you know, we love living here, my wife, my family, I grew up around here, obviously sure her family grew, you know, was from here as well, and uh you know, we uh we absolutely love the area and everything about it I will
0: say my favorite venue at miami is definitely Goggin gog and ice arena uh, yep. when, when the centerville elks uh traveled to Talawanda, i always look forward to being there it's man that place just screams hockey just screams history and when you walk in the lobby and just see how successful red hawk and redskin hockey's been with all the nhl sweaters hanging up there it's it's marvelous
2: yeah it is incredible and uh you know over the years the number of guys that have gone on to play i had a chance uh you know a week or so ago to talk to alec martinez now with vegas and the golden knights and uh he's uh looking forward to uh you know being there in vegas after a couple of stanley cups uh in la with kings and you know it's uh there's there's a legacy in hockey that uh, is tough to match when you see the number of guys, that, not only to the NHL, but to the minor league hockey teams as well, that uh, play professionally. And uh, I know Chris Bergeron is working to improve on that, and uh, I, I think he's going to do a great job. I think you'll see more and more of those guys going to the NHL real soon.
0: I think uh, the second year of his tenure at Miami, I think it'll be uh, much better, much more improved, and I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. I, I think uh, with the recruiting class coming in and uh, the culture that he is developing, I, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming year for them.
0: I will say one of my favorite things. I think it was my first time at Goggin, dueling Zambonis because, <laughs> and the purple Oxford Taco Bell, the purple Oxford Taco yep. Bell Zamboni. That's the greatest thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they bring them both out every time. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to go to a hockey game at, uh, at Goggin and Steve coach Katie arena. And, uh, I encourage it, uh, to all your listeners, get out there and enjoy a hockey game. Come out and see us for all of our games. It's a lot of fun.
0: Steve, what would you like to see in the future for area media or area sports?
2: You know, um, media is, you know, it's changed so much. And, you know uh you know we see the inquirer we see the journal lowering their staffs to, you know because they just can't you know the print media is just not there so they're com- trying to compete online and that sort of thing there's so many uh dot coms and that sort of thing that are now reporting on sports and you know Budgetarily, TV stations have cut down on what they did. I remember John Popovich, you know, walking into Millett carrying his own camera and doing his own stuff, uh, you know, not awfully long ago. Uh, you know, so you know, I think the media is going to continue to thin out and and base their coverage, you know, like right now. Every T V station in Cincinnati unless they get footage elsewhere is concentrating on Cincinnati, Xavier and Northern Kentucky. Uh Dayton's covering Dayton and Bright State. So we're kind of caught in a juggernaut between the two and you know, we don't get a whole lot of coverage in either area unless something, you know, amazing happens. So um uh, unfortunately for us I don't see that changing. So that's why our our website and you know our social media is so important to us to be able to get out there and reach more people and uh you know obviously the more people that you reach the more ticket sales you get the more money you can make and uh to pay the bills and to pay those scholarships so uh i think you'll see more and more media go to social media websites that sort of thing and uh i think you'll see the the fans turn that way more often for for news particularly about miami but i think in other sports as well other schools
0: Steve, for those that want to be sports broadcasters or in the field, what advice can you give to those folks?
2: Be patient. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, I mean, let's face it, there's 300 and some Division One schools. And a lot of those schools are loaded with guys like me that have been there for 30 years plus. Uh, so there's not always a whole lot of Division One jobs out there. So you have to be patient. You have to abide your time in, you know, high schools, minor league baseball, that sort of stuff, and uh, really work and hone your skill. Uh, But get out there and call as many games as you can, Uh, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever sport you're most interested in. Get out there. Find a way to call as many games as you can. Uh, Send it out to, uh, you know, professional announcers like myself, like Lee. Like, I mean, you just send them out. And let people hear what you're doing, and uh, you know maybe they can give you tips. I mean, we're all busy, but maybe they can give you some tips to improve what you do. And uh, I, I think you know it's it's a great it's a great career as we have talked about. But uh, these days, I know patience is a great virtue when you're dealing with it. You you know not many guys you know say okay I'm going to do play by play and the next year wind up on ESPN or you know CBS or that sort of thing. So great patience is a virtue.
0: And you touched on this too. Create your own opportunity. I mean, right. the internet. There's ways to stream games,
2: and you, know, yep.
0: you have opportunities. You have options. So,
2: and a lot of guys are doing that, particularly at the high school level. Uh, you'll see networks, uh, you know, for various areas. I know Texas is famous for, you know, several high school networks uh, that some people have started down there uh, that are strictly audio, some video with one camera, that sort of thing. That uh, you know, basically, they've created it on their own. And, uh, you know, you'll see more and more of those, I think, particularly at the high school level, as the technology is there to do it, uh, people are going to take advantage of it.
0: Luckily, I'm part of one of those in Cincinnati, so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really hoping we have football this year. I'm really hoping.
2: I I agree with you. That's, uh, you know, what uh, the news I'm waiting to hear, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get there here in the near future.
0: Now, Steve, how can people follow your work on social media?
2: Uh, Probably first and foremost at MiamiRedHawks.com. Everything kind of filters through there, but uh, certainly follow me at RedHawksVoice on Twitter. Uh, Happy to have the followers along. And uh, you can just look me up on Facebook, Steve Baker, Miami University. You'll find me there and uh, send me a friend request. And, uh, you know, I usually accept them. So, you know, that's uh, the two places that you'll find me most on are Twitter and Facebook.
0: Steve, thank you so much for being part of this episode. Uh, Really, really happy to talk Miami sports with you and find out about your career.
2: Lee, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it.
0: That's Steve Baker, and that closes out episode 145 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast and talk to you again for episode 146.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at theleewmallon and at Cindy Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app, Then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.